Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We're anticipating love and music. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. <laughs> What's up, Bob? I'm chilling, buddy. How are you? I'm doing okay. I uh, can't complain. It's a rainy day, you know, but I, I'm staying busy. Yeah. Listening to some you. 70s tunes. Dude, you know, re- some classic rock. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a lot about classic rock and what that means today. <laughs> um, first, I wanted to thank you. The behind the scenes is uh, you were very flexible with scheduling. I appreciate that. This is um, so shout out to all the parents out there, anyone who has a kid, uh, especially of school age um, or even babies, because I got both right now. <clears throat> Pete, this is uh, school started this week. Right. And I have a three-month-old baby, so not in on, school. Not in school. No, not yet. But but what that means is, on the same day that my seven-year-old went started second grade, my significant other she went back to work. Ah, and me and three-month-old chilling, uh, which is not so much chilling. It means I'm like doing lots of you know my work stuff in the <laughs> scattered moments in between things, but. Three-month-olds need a lot of time and attention, mm-hmm. and excuse me, the thing that uh, that I can't provide, at least uh, biologically, which is milk. Um, so, bottle feeding on the fly, and uh, Tuesday was a rough one, Pete. What happened? No interest in the bottle. It was clearly time to, <laughs> to eat. No interest. Instead, would rather scream at the top of her lungs. Uh. So, um, so that was that was fun. There was a couple reasons. I get pretty scientific when it comes down to this. It's like, oh, okay, that, and it's not scientific like some like biology thing. I'm talking like math. It's just a timing game. Like, oh, okay, she ate a little later. So then, in the normal time where she would have eaten, she didn't, and then it was too close to. Pete, it was a tough day. By the end of the day, I was like, "Ooh, this is day one." I don't know, <laughs> but we're on we're on day three right now. Just you know, again behind the scenes, day three, and and we're feeling good. Everything is moving the right way. Uh, one could say I feel I'm feeling. Yes, uh, Tuesday felt like a grindcore song. Um, today feels like '70s heavy rock. So. Got it. So when we're you were trying busier. to listen to Boston and do your homework for this episode, I imagine she wasn't having it. You know, um, so far, the music that she likes, she she really likes the, you know, who would have thunk it, the like really ambient baby lullaby stuff with white noise. She likes that. Cool. Which I was able to parlay into video game soundtrack music. So we were listening to the Final Fantasy VII OST. That, that was pretty <laughs> good. Um, she kind of slept slash relaxed to that um boston not not quite as much um despite you know despite it being a pretty chill record to me uh she, she someone born in 2021 not as interested in uh boston self-titled from 1976 interesting so maybe for the sake of the new child we should start doing more you know ambient or soundtrack records like you know we could do some brian eno and she might dig oh, that oh yeah well let's let's do a, let's let's pencil in a brian eno thing at some point just to do it 
Um, maybe we'll slide some John Williams in there. Who knows? Yeah, let's let's get yeah, funky. Gavin Bryars will get weird. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, but I mean, you know, maybe then she can have her own card on the Instagram and give her rating. Oh right, and, uh, right. We'll bring it to a whole new level. It's just no stars for anything. It's just her <laughs> yeah. staring blankly at the photo, like, "What are you doing?" Um, I like that. Oh, so so otherwise, um, everything is good. Things are feeling good. I just had a very good dinner. And Pete, I don't think some of our episodes we go super deep. This one, I want to put a theme out there. It Let's ain't that it. deep. It ain't that deep. That's the theme. It ain't that deep. Not deep. But, but I think there's some interesting bones to gnaw at as we talk about it. Um, as you have been told already, today's album is the uh, self-titled record Boston by the band boston um pete this is my suggestion had you ever listened to this album all the way through before you know i had uh okay okay my, good, my good. dad was a huge fan of this record so i heard it all the time as a kid fantastic but it's one of those things where i thought that i was more familiar with the entire record than i actually was and i realize okay. now that he must have been skipping around <laughs> because there was there were one or two songs i don't feel like i had ever heard before okay yep and uh but yeah, I mean, it's and it's one of those things too where there is nostalgia there, so it's it's tough for me to, you know, distance myself from it in that way. But yeah, we'll 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 dig into it. But I definitely heard it before. I haven't yeah. heard any other Boston records though. This is all that I'm familiar with. Well, so that's the reason we're doing this record, just to give someone a uh, a, a like the what the hell are you guys talking about this classic rock record? Which I kind of want to discuss more too, just like the idea of it and classic rock in the modern parlance. Um, this band has mo- sold more than 75 million records worldwide, including 31 million albums in the United States, of which 17 million were from its self-titled debut album, 7 million from the second album, Don't Look Back, which Don't Look Back kind of sucks. They have stayed a band for 46 years. 46 years. Not releasing albums all that regularly, though. Six studio albums. Yeah. What? You know, you think about some of the artists we've talked about who it's like, oh, yeah, I did 10 albums in 10 years. That's cool, you know? Um, (laughs) And to be very frank, I I don't say this in a mean way, I haven't explored the entire Boston catalog. I should, I guess. They only have six records. You haven't heard Corporate America from 2002? (laughs) Dude, how bad? Life, Love, and Hope? Um, How bad is this shit? Yo, um, this is a one-record band. I think they could have done what they do having never released another record. Yeah. Hot take or just obviously? I mean, I can't say for sure because I haven't heard anything else, but I, I, I don't know. Given the amount of used... LP copies I've seen of Don't Look Back in Third Stage over the years. I, I, I imagine they could have stuck with the first record and been done. Well, and, and just in the same way as I said, uh, The Joshua Tree is a record you should just go find a used copy of. Um, which, by the way, let me circle back to the U2 thing in a minute. Uh, Boston self-titled, you don't buy this album new. You just buy it used somewhere. Like, preferably a thrift store if not a $5 or less bin at any record store. Um, yeah, ideally dollar bin. 
when they really when, ideally dollar bin like like for five dollars you better be getting a clean copy yeah when they when they repress the mobile fidelity version of this for fifty dollars <sighs> on the next record store day don't buy that copy buy the no dollar bin copy. no 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 dollar bin copy will sound just fine um I was in New York City briefly uh, this weekend and uh, hit a record store and I got smacked in the face with a um, Where the Streets Have No Name 7-inch single. Ah. I almost bought it because I was like, God damn, look at this conversation. There was something else too. Oh. (laughs) Someone was blasting you two, Where the Streets Have No Name, as I was walking through Washington Square Park. Wow. On a sunny Saturday in the year 2021. I was like, and the park was hopping <laughs> and somebody's blasting you too. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Also, they're, fan, they're fans a, of the pod, bro. A, a friend of the pod texted me. He's like, yo, this is so weird. You guys are talking. To, I just listened to the U2 episode. Uh, the Penn State game that's on right now, they're using Where the Streets Have No Name as like hype up music before the game. And I was like, that's so weird. Who, <laughs> who's, who, what, what jock is listening to that getting like pumped? Like that's, that's not a get your swole on kind of vibe, you know? So uh, <laughs> shout out to you two forever. Um, but today we were talking about the band Boston, the album Boston from the city Boston. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into the band's history. Other than that, they, they started in the mid seventies and every single ounce of, of your body can tell that they started in the mid seventies um, <laughs> to tag along to what you said. I don't think my dad was a huge fan of this, but this was like ever present on classic rock radio, even when we were kids, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, by the late eighties, early nineties, certainly into the mid nineties, this was staunchly entrenched in the classic rock regular rotation. Um, I do feel like there's a lot of, I mean, and I won't go too deep, but I do feel like no, let's Tom, open it up. Let's go deep. Tom Scholl's the, uh, the singer, you know, kind of the band leader, I guess. <clears throat> He's the mastermind behind, behind the whole thing. And I remember, at least from my dad, there was like a lot of lore that went along with him because he kind of had, I, apparently, based on Wikipedia and based on what my dad told me, which could mm-hmm. very well not be true, um, but I think it is, he kind of had the vision for this band really early on and was kind of working towards it and had been sending demos around of these same songs from the first album for years and years before they got any attention. Yeah. Um, so he kind of like knew exactly what he wanted it to sound like. And it, it does feel like, like, I don't know. Again, I have nostalgia here. So it's, 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 it's tough. We have to, we have to dismantle the nostalgia a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But like, but it's, it sounds like a fully formed thing. Like it does sound like someone who had like this vision and kind of put it into action. No um, question. And uh, what else? He, the, the other thing I did find on Wikipedia is apparently he had built his own studio and this is prior to them even getting signed. He had built his own studio and um, apparently Epic records wanted him to record in LA and they somehow did like a bait and switch on the label where 
they convinced the label that they were in LA recording while they were actually in Massachusetts in this dude's basement recording the record. Amazing. It's pretty cool. Yo, amazing. Um, oftentimes we'll tell you like, oh, this is interesting. You should look into this. Tom Scholz is a very interesting human. Um, so look his Wikipedia is much more interesting than the band Boston's Wikipedia. Um, Let's just start with the fact that he is described as a rock musician, songwriter, inventor, engineer, and philanthropist, MIT-trained engineer. So what? Masters in mechanical engineering from MIT and worked for Polaroid back when that was a real thing. Um, So, yo, this is a fantastically interesting, weird human um, who actually, like, on full-on like good stuff, uh, established charitable foundation. I'm just going to read this to you. Variety of missions, supporting animal protection, providing vegetarian resources, stopping world hunger, creating homeless shelters, food banks, animal rescues and sanctuaries, and advocating for children's rights. Foundation has raised millions of dollars. PETA awarded him the Compassionate Action Award in 2013. Yo, good dude. Shout out Tom Schultz. Good dude. That said... Um, a big part of the reason we're talking about this record, huge source of nostalgia for me in that same way. Um, I think I was in my teens and got this as a used LP and fuck, I, I probably still have that copy somewhere kicking around. Why did um, you pick it up? Cause you had heard it on classic rock radio and just were curious or what? Yeah. So here is a, uh, let me paint the picture. It's 2001. I'm 19. Just turned 19. Uh, Move out of my parents' house. um, Move to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Working a job, screen printing shirts, having a nice time. Um, Dating a woman who lives in New York City. I don't have a car. I take the train. I take the bus. That whole thing. Um, What money I do have, I spend on records. Um, What other money i have i have a playstation with uh i believe at the time it was nba live a basketball video game one of my favorite things that i would do like a little like treat yourself moment right i would get off the bus in new brunswick grab a burrito from the spot i liked walk home fire up the old playstation and put on a record and listen to like a set of records while I play video games and then fall the fuck asleep. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yo, it, like now thinking about the complicated life of having children and like, you know, real responsibilities beyond $300 rent. Um, yo, $300 was my rent. That's so crazy. That's amazing. I know. Um, so it was just a joyous time, you know, a lot of burritos, a lot of playing video games and a lot of listening to records. So that was a time period where I would go and yeah, like it's like, oh, I had I bought every Black Sabbath album, you know, that matters. Uh, not tire, not tier <laughs> um, uh, used for, you know, and this is 2001. So the vinyl reboom hadn't happened five times, all that shit. You could go to any record store and special special. You could go to any record store, and especially the ones I was going to, Vintage Vinyl, Princeton Record Exchange, 
Generation Records in New York, uh, Bleaker Bob's at the time. Curmudgeon. Oh, bless up to Curmudgeon. And you could get all the, like, every classic, classic rock record for three bucks, $2.99, because they were buying record collections where people were dropping off boxes and boxes and boxes of these LPs and paying, you know, 15 cents a record, essentially. So when they flip that uh, volume four for four dollars that's in okay shape they they made their loot times 10 you know so yeah it was a whole different ball game totally different ball game so that was rad i i got a lot of records at that time and that um was one of my favorite activities so the boston record and you know also at the time i was i was heavily into punk music and and hardcore and listening to new records and collecting records so it was sort of this time frame where I discovered a lot of music, I was getting into a lot of different stuff, but also, you know, you can't just throw no comment on while you're eating a burrito, trying to play a video game. You need something with a little bit more. Well, and I'm sure I did that, but, um, <laughs> you need some variety. Variety is always the spice of life. So, uh, Boston self-titled, I was like, Oh yeah, more than a feeling. I love that song. And I'm like, wait a second. I know this song. I know that. Huh. Wow. Bangers. This is all right. And then that's exactly what it was. So, um, so that's part of the reason I wanted to do it. It's been a while since I gave it the full listen, um, before this, before doing so for this episode. And part of me suggested it because I like the record. And another part of me suggested it because I wanted to ask this big question to you, Pete. Let's do it. Where does classic rock where does where does classic rock fit into the picture of a 2021 music listener? Um I don't think it fits in very much at all. Um right. I like outside of maybe some of the optics of like old bands like this live and just this big sound, you know, that Right. Certain bands might be trying to emulate in certain ways. I don't I don't know that it's even I don't know. It's not even there. Like like classic rock at this point is Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still hear Boston on certain radio stations, and I you know, whoever's still listening to the radio, I don't even know who those people are at this point, really. Yeah, me, you know what? They might still classic so I think there is still classic rock radio, um, but you're not wrong because this record came out in August of 76. I am certain that both you and I heard it on classic rock radio before August of 1996. Yeah. Let alone even later. Like Nirvana Nevermind is about 20 years old. It's not quite, but it's really close. <laughs> And it's almost 30 years old. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're right. It's almost 30 years old. So, so yeah. it's comical. So I was going to make the comparison. Listening to Boston or listening to, and, and, you know, maybe there's some exceptions, right? Like I think there are, I think there's the pillars of guitar music stuff that almost supersedes classic rock. And I don't say this disparaging. I like this record, this does not supersede the title classic rock. 
right? You 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 agree with me on that? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But Black Sabbath certainly does. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. Um. Velvet Underground certainly does. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep go down the line. These legendary, like the real, true, like where you listen to it because it's like, oh, this is foundational to a lot of different music, and maybe you don't care, but it's probably a good thing to know what this is. Yeah. What, so this is sort of like if in 1996, me and you were listening to the radio and listening to ditties from the 40s. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what does well, that mean? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's that, but I think it's also just like – one of the reasons, just because we mentioned Nirvana before, so I'll use them as an example. I think one of the reasons that they have become the new classic rock at this point yes, is because it was emotionally resonant for a lot of people. They were actually saying something that resonated, right? Yep. Whereas Boston, and I'll connect Boston to hair metal, which came shortly thereafter... Oh, yes. Is is just kind of this vapid thing that like, yes. like the energy is there and the sound is there. And like, I'm not even talking shit because I like a lot of those bands and I like this record, but it doesn't offer you anything emotionally. It's just, it's all about just the energy and the vibe. Yep. Um, but it doesn't actually, it's not saying anything that's, em- that's empty, cu- culturally em- relevant or anything, yes. you know, so. Empty yeah. calories and like. Totally empty calories. I want to say this, and I say this as someone who's literally saying, hey, this is kind of a cool, fun record. It's empty calories. Like, when we talk about these songs, we're going to go track by track, and there's going to be tracks where I'm like, yeah, fuck it. This is just, listen to that riff. It's great. You know what I mean? It's fun. No, you like blast this on a summer day when you're oh. like working on your lawn or something. Y- y- yes. You, 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 this is great background in the barbecue. Yeah. You know, like, like <laughs> whereas, like, yo, sometimes I throw together a barbecue playlist. And I'm psyched because I've had people like, oh, what is this? Because I like to throw some nuggets in there. You know what I mean? Just different things. Yeah. But this is just like, you know, you're flipping burgers and chucking dogs. You know what I mean? Um, Nirvana is considered classic rock right now. And they will, they have already superseded it. And they're a pillar of of guitar music. You know, like, I, I, I don't know how many pillars there are, but there's, a grip and Nirvana definitely is in there. It's no question. It's just, and for all the reasons you listed, but for somebody who's uneducated or, or like low to it, like, yo, in 1995, yeah, somebody could have said black Sabbath, classic rock. And I'm like, well now I'm like, well, kind of not, you know, like they're more than that too. They're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, but there's, whereas, and I don't say this disparaging Boston's a classic rock band, Uh, just the way that like, Bon Jovi, hair metal band. Yeah. Poison, hair metal band. You know, I, I what fuck, what's the Poison song? I woke up with a Poison song in my head. Oh, Unskinny Bop. I woke up with Unskinny Bop <laughs> in my head. I don't think I've heard that song in 20 years and and it came in my head. And I was like, "Oh yeah, this song. All right. Poison have tracks." Oof. Um, I you're not the only person who's ever said that to me. So, um Let's just go through this quick because this one was meant to be more of a, a like broad, open conversation about classic rock and where it's at. And like, I largely agree. Like, oh, I'm gonna have follow up questions, so I'll hold. It. But, <laughs> yeah, I have a few too. Okay, good, good, good. Um, just going through this, the band's a rock band from Boston, as they tell you. Um, 
why discuss this album? It rips, and it's their only album that matters. Uh, <laughs> is it still relevant? Not really. Who is it no. for? Uh, barbecuing dads over 40. <laughs> Did it have an impact? Oh, hell yeah. A lot of people, you know, cracking buds in the parking lot to this. Does it still have an impact? Nope. How did it age? It aged. How will it age? The same as it has for the past 15 years. Um, Good does that, recap. Does that, that sums it up, right? Um, like, I'm um, not being unfair. No, I'm with it. Okay. 100%. I mean, the only other thing, like I found this quote from uh, Scholes, and apparently he yes. he had said that he wanted to create, he had a concept of the perfect rock and roll band. He said one with crystal clear vocals and bone crunching guitars. So it's like, that's all he wanted was the sound. It's just like he wanted people to be able to understand the vocals, sing along and, you know, loud guitars. And I think he achieved exactly that and clearly sold the record. So, yeah, cool. I think this well MIT, done. I think this MIT engineer fucking nailed this ripper of a 70s rock record. Good for him. Totally. Like straight up. Yeah. All right. Track by track. Let's do this. More than a feeling. Fucking killer. Just great. Track. Prime 70s rock. Prime. So good. Yeah. Enough said. You never heard it? Go go play it right now. <laughs> yeah. I hope we turn people on to Boston with this episode. That would be hilarious. If people yo, I like- want to say this. Like, yo, this is... We're saying empty calorie and we're trying... I'm not saying that dismissively. Like, this isn't... Uh day old microwave popcorn that you found in the half ripped bag this is fresh hot at the movie pop theater popcorn with the butter glaze in it and the salt just right <laughs> this is a perfect ass popcorn so um more than a feeling track keeper 100 yeah yeah peace of mind favorite song on the record um this one, this one's pure nostalgia for me, though. Like, I, I love it. I love the vocals. I love the chorus. I love the lead guitar. I love like the high notes that he hits yes. when he's singing. The ooze. I think it's great. This Yo, is like total track. T- uh, you, you nailed it. This might be the best record song on the record, even though more than a feeling gets probably five times the play. Yeah. Um, this song just. Uh. The chorus is so like just like it makes so much sense when you think about this dude as an engineer who ha- built his own studio and really thought about crafting this because this song's perfectly crafted. It's so fucking good and just like yeah, the guitar sound like yeah, yes, the the vocals are clear, very understandable, perfect sing along in the car song. The yeah 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 oh, it's so good. Um, but the guitar sound is so clear and crisp too. It's just, 
Yes. Peace I mean, mind. everything is clear and crisp. That's yeah. part of the deal, right? Are the drums <clears> the <throat> only thing that are kind of like, they're not bad, but they're totally good, but they're not flashy. No, not super flashy. They're they're just keeping the beat. Yeah, doing- and, and I think that that's a tell on this record and maybe a classic rock tell is that a lot of times the drummer is just like, hey, man, happy to be here. Just just keep just giving you room to to rock that solo. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, peace of mind. Great. Keeper track next. Foreplay slash long time. like a kind of it's like a prog intro, intro. yep prog intro um which is sounds like Uriah heat yes and then long time i think pulls out of this and you're like good lord this is the a side of this record yeah this is banging uh long time i think as far as tempo how do you follow up more than a feeling and peace of mind it's it's kind of the more like laid back drag of a cigarette take here and i'm with it i love it keeper Great driving song. And I yeah. love the prog intro. Yo, when this when this comes on, you're putting the sunglasses on in the convertible. Definitely. All right, next. Rock and roll band. I think that this is their mission statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This the song should have been called Boston. Yeah. The song. Like yep. if this was a punk band, they would have self-titled this song too. Yeah. Um I love how he goes for it with the vocals too. Just any opportunity to hit the highest note he can possibly <sighs> hit, he just goes for it. Yo, how many studio takes do you think were there on some of those high notes? Like a hundred. So many. (laughs) Yeah. Because if they're recording it in this dude's basement, there were so many long nights. Yo, and and that's kind (sighs) of... He does something vocally that I think is so cool and unique to this record. Is he finds spaces for his vocal timing where he speeds it up and slows it down in these unique intervals that play really well with the guitars. Um, and it's sort of like a unique understanding of melody. So I think it's really, really well done on this song, especially in the verses. Like he's just, you know, even in that open one where it's like, uh, like, but when we got up on stage and got ready to play, people came <laughs> a lot. Yo, do, 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 do. Like, clearly this is a, a one man like operation. Like he was thinking like, oh, how do I, what am I flowing into this like ripper? You know, what am I flowing into this guitar part? So yeah, um, yeah this is a fucking keeper. Yeah. I love the chorus. I mean, yeah. Great song. Yes. All right, smoking. Smoking. This is where they lose me. Oh, you don't like it? I like when they take that that little walk on the bass on this. It's all right. I mean, it's just so like, like, it's not power metal, right? Like this band in general, it's not power metal, but like you can feel how they influenced power metal bands. Yo, proto power metal. Yeah, total proto (laughs) power metal. 
But like, so most of what was happening at the time was disco. And I think that the reason Boston were so like hit so big is because there were obviously a ton of people who wanted rock and rock was not the thing at the time. Yeah. There was people who were seeking out the big guitars. Yeah. So like, I think the strength of this album is that it's kind of, and it, you know, it's weird to say now, but I feel like it was looking forward at the time. Yeah. And this song to me is like looking backward where there's like, there's a little bit of like bluesy rock feel like Southern rock feel. And that to me, like just doesn't hit as much as the, the first couple songs on this record, the first four songs. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it, I like it all right. I love the fact that it's called Smokin' and the song is four minutes and 20 seconds long. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yo, I really like this song. It is a step down from the first four. And you're not wrong about that. The the There's a little bit more bluesiness to it. Um, still totally a keeper to me. I think it's a good song. Um, but it's hard to follow up those f- those four now it's interesting because all the songs were written by tom Scholz except this which was co-written and the last song which was written solely by brad delp uh right who is the lead and harmony vocalist so um that actually clears some things up for me yes yes so so interesting um and it makes sense when i'm thinking about this a lot i'm not cutting it but it's one of my it's not like one of my tops no, I mean, well, this is where we get into the cut zone. Yeah. So uh, let's hitch a ride, track six. Hitch a ride, this is like fine. It's, it's, if I heard it on classic rock radio, I wouldn't turn it off, but I'm also not looking to see who it, who it is. Yeah, no, this is, this is forgettable. And it's like, damn, you just released five singles and now we're into the meh yeah. stuff. So uh, hitch a ride, cut it. Um, something about you. This is like, this is where the record starts to feel like, I I don't know. You're not doing 12 inch singles at this point, but if they had just, <laughs> I feel like they should have just had the first four songs and that's, that's the record really. First five. But let's, let's, let's give them smoke. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Five. Right. But like, but this one, it, it, it already feels like they're rehashing themselves. Yes. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's fine. No, uh, uh I, I think about this often and I'm like, Oh, this is where I trail off on this LP hard. Um, well, exactly. And this is where, like, this must have been like a skip song for my dad because I do not remember hearing this song. No, I mean, I think for a lot of people, this this record is eight songs. And the first five, bang. And the last three, don't care. So if you got a CD, it's play, 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 skip, 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 eject. 
there you are, you know? Um, I mean, I will say the only thing about this song is that it's one of the shorter songs on the album. And I feel like had they shortened most songs on the record, it would, it would benefit. Yeah. Yes. All the songs could have used a bit more of an editor, but when you hear about and realize how insulated and insular this band was, it all makes sense. You're like, Oh, okay. Part of your genius is this weird machination and, who knows if you would have even enabled an editor, you know? Yeah. So, um, John Boylan did production. Okay. And the last song, let me take you home tonight. Um, cut it. Like it feels underdeveloped given the production value of the rest of the record. Yeah. Um, for some reason. And then the backbeat at the end, kind of the, the, like the outro part just feels so heavy handed. This it is, just does this, not need to be there. This is Brad's audition demo for his solo project. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it, it's incongruous with the rest of the record. Whereas Hitch a Ride and something about you feel like, yeah, these are Boston songs. Let me take you home tonight. It's like, ah, uh, is this a Boston song? I don't know. Hmm. Um, so Pete, as I started, we go deep on most records. This one's a record I really enjoyed. And I'm just saying, it ain't that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. It's just not that deep. It's, How it's much just can you say one. about Boston? Yo, if we have any super deep oh, Boston God, fan, Boston heads out there, we're well, going to have you on the podcast. Well, And, and I, the bigger question, and this is for people to hit us with, is like, where are you at with classic rock? Because as I said, there was this time where I was like, you know, discovering music of all types. And I kind of like, it's like, oh no, there's a bunch of this stuff that I should check out. And I think that impulse is still there for people, but they hit a glut of this and it's like, uh, listen once and move forward. And, you know, maybe they pick a lane of it. Maybe they, they enjoy the more funk stuff or they go for the more prog stuff or, you know, or they go for the more psychedelic stuff or whatever, you know, you parse your classic rock how you like. But my question being like, does this stuff stay in rotation? Because to me, this is actually a really fun listen. Um, if you're a young person, you've never heard it. This is a unabashed, fun, go for it, big riff, big guitars, big vocals, like no shame record. And there's a certain point in time when you stop getting these records, you know, like I just don't like, you don't get guitar music. That's this cocksure in the same way post like 1991. Yeah. And at that point it's all throwback. You get like Andrew WK or something. That's right. All of it is kind of like searching for that energy as opposed to just Im- imbibing in it, you know? So, right. Um, so I, I mean, mean, hair metal, hair metal is the, the logical succeed successor to big guitar seventies rock yeah, because it is the next one. That's like, Oh, this is a dude like grabbing his junk style of like, yeah. And it's like, yo, I could do away with all that energy, but at the same time, you catch this record and it's just like, it's just a lot of energy when it comes to music. Sometimes that matters a lot. I think it does in a live setting, but it also matters when you put it on and, and you know, you need to pick me up. This record will do it for you. 
Yeah, and there is a big difference, I think, between the energy of this record, which is like an MIT nerd trying to make perfect rock and roll music, you know, to yes, like, Mo- like Motley, Motley Crue. Crew. Right, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I, I, I should say, um, just just look at um, look at the picture of Tom Schultz. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not David Lee Roth. He doesn't even like being on stage. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, no, he really doesn't. Um, all right, let's 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 do this. Is it too long? Does it drag? Yes. Cut the last three tracks. Yep. Album flow. Does it feel disjointed or slapped together? I don't think it feels disjointed. The end is feels stapled on. But the, yeah. first, the first four tracks really just flow. Yeah. All right. Um, quality, quality of the songs and lyrics. I mean, like we said, doesn't go deep. It's right. it, it's it's perfectly what it was intended to be. The lyrics are memorable in a way that it's like they're not telling. There's no informing you on anything. Your thoughts, and you know what? Sometimes that's good to get from uh, an art form or entertainment platform, depending on how you look at music. Um, do the it's, songs are the songs memorable? Fuck yeah, yeah, super memorable. Um, sorry for all the cursing this episode, but I'm listening to Boston. You know, We're just so, so excited, yeah. Um, timelessness. <laughs> Pete, does this strictly exist in a time and a place? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the band's name is Boston, and it's clearly the 70s. Uh, it's like some <laughs> TGI Fridays thing. Like, you put this record on, it's like, out there it's 2021, in here it's 76. Um, yeah. It, does its influence and impact spread much for not really um i actually like that commentary about power metal i think that a clever writer could make the connections between records like this to hair metal to power metal and maybe even uh use these records as a reactionary impulse that generated power pop and like some of the minimalist uh, tendencies of new wave and, and post-punk. Sure. Um, and presentation, artwork, etc. Um, album cover's great. It's album a, cover's great, yeah. It's a fucking UFO. <laughs> and you got to beat me because this is, I just, I, I got a curse on this one. It's a UFO, bright colors. I believe there's a city in the UFO. Maybe I don't know. It's wild. Like that's what I should get more information on is who did the art for this LP. Yeah, it's great. And it's, it's so much better than any of the other album covers that they did. <sighs> Hard to even compare it. Hard. Yeah. To even although I like I like the, I like how they kept the same theme for their entire career. I mean, Uh, uh, yes, yes, yeah. They they had a good thing going on this record, and they just kept trying to uh, chase they kept the trying dragon. To recreate it, yeah. yeah kept it trying to recreate it. it. Work out, All right, so we went through the factors. What are you giving this? How many stars? I'm going to give it two stars. Yeah, um, yeah, it's two and a half stars to me. I'll give it two okay. and a half. Um, it's a fun record. Don't think about it too hard. There's lots of records that we've talked about and say, think about it really hard. The thing to think about is, is there any music going on today that is comparable to 
the energy of this where it's fun but almost feels disposable. I hope that that's not being taken in the wrong energy, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel you. I also want to know if there's anyone out there because we have some diehards that actually do the deep dive and then listen to the episode. I want to hear from those people. If you have never heard this record and listened to it, I want to know your thoughts. But be sure to listen to it loud, preferably oh, yeah. in the sunshine or while you're driving your car. Yes, yes, yes. No rainy days on this record. Yeah. Um, you know, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at TraxPod. Email us at TraxPod at gmail.com. And uh, smoke it.